Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Today is June 24th, 2020. I'm your host, Arusha Pierce, and today we have Kathy Donnelly on the show. Kathy is a prop trader and author and a longtime customer of IBD and MarketSmith. Thanks for being here, Kathy. Thank you, Arusha. It's a, it's a pleasure. On today's podcast, we are going to talk about the current markets. We will go over the topic of post-analysis. We'll talk about uh, Kathy's book, and we will end the episode with three current stock ideas. So let's get started with the current market. So the market's it's still in an uptrend. Uh, as of yesterday, we had a one distribution day on the NASDAQ, three on the S&P 500. The market came in a little bit today, but it's entitled to do that. Kathy, uh, what are your thoughts uh, on this market? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, market's entitled to have uh, some rest, pull back a little bit. Um, I think it definitely would be healthy to have a couple of days, perhaps sideways, before making new highs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully continuing to make new highs. Right. But, you know, I like to keep it simple. I look at the big picture. The big picture says we're in an uptrend. You already noted the distribution day. So until further notice, we're in an uptrend. That's true. And, and we are at one big round number for uh, the markets right now, 10,000, right? So we got above it. Now we're, we're a little bit below it. So that could be a psychological resistance area for a little bit at least. Yeah, absolutely. All round numbers seem to seem to do that to us, create some turbulence and really really test us and really yeah. let us know if we're in the right stocks. That's true. Now, I mean, this market ha has been insane the last few months. And so obviously we're, we're entitled for some kind of pullback. What are your thoughts on just, uh, on just this year, I think, where, where we have, we, we, we started off the year uh, pretty well, then we had the, the, the pandemic sell-off and, and then this crazy V-shaped recovery. Have you seen anything like this? No, I sure haven't. I mean, this is absolutely unbelievable and amazing. I mean, you know, we, we kept you guys were, were great with trying to warn us that this follow through day might not work. We need to be prepared. It might not work, but it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, we were there. I was ready. I mean, not luckily, I followed my IVD rules and I actually didn't do a single position, a single try until that fall through day. And then when the okay. fall through day happened, remember, it wasn't even that exciting until the NASDAQ the following uh, Monday. And then I was That's like, right. oh man, I got to buy stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so the, yeah, the, 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 the one that wasn't exciting was on April 2nd. Right. The S&P 500, we actually got it on, but not the NASDAQ. And so like, oh, you know, it, I, I mean, I had my doubts on it. I bought a little bit, but a lot of times when you have such a big sell-off, you're going to, some of these fall through days are going to fail. But then we had a really powerful day on uh, April 6th on the NASDAQ. And it's like, okay, <laughs> maybe, may, maybe we have a shot here. Right. No, um, we were lucky. You know, I got to say, I mean, I'm sure you were in the same boat. It was hard to find something. I mean, yeah. I told my meetup members, you know, I'm a longtime meetup member as well. Uh, you know, there was probably only seven stocks. I remember thinking only seven stocks I could potentially buy. And then it slowly got larger. So. Yeah. And, and a lot of times that's how it works, right? You, you, you take a shot and, and, and I mean, there are a couple of reasons why you take a shot on that fall today. If you can, if you see something breaking out. Uh, the, the biggest reason is to kind of change your mindset. Uh, a lot of stocks are getting hit. Hopefully you're on the sidelines, but just getting that act, doing that act of buying a stock 
psychologically just helps you start getting more in the buying mode. And if the rally uh, continues, the market slowly pulls you in. So a lot of times in the beginning, it might not be, there might not be a lot of stocks to buy, but you try one or two, see what happens. And, and if those slowly start to work and now more start to break out and give you opportunities to get in, you slowly put more money to work. Absolutely. Well, that's the system and that's what I did. <laughs> The same thing and a lot of a lot of the listeners out there did as well exactly and, and you know i mean i just just the way you said that's the system i think that says it perfectly because you want to keep it very simple right uh it, it's so easy uh to complicate all of this and uh the system is the system and uh, the sooner you get get yourself to follow that system, uh, the, the better chance you have uh, to doing well in the markets or handling crazy environments like this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Kathy, let's, let's go back and, and why don't you walk us through how you got into uh, investing and, and really, you know, kind of the steps that led you to growth investing and, and uh, becoming a longtime customer of IBD. Sure, I'd love to. Uh, well, I'm lucky in that uh, I was born with an aptitude for math and science. Okay. So I always liked math and science. And I got my degree in electrical engineering and worked uh, in oil and gas for a long time. And, but really I have to thank my parents because my parents were both value investors and they always imparted on me about, you know, of course, going to school, getting a good education, being able to support myself, mm -hmm. and then, you know, look into investing to supplement my income. You know, they would always tell me that's how come we were able to send you to good schools and save money and all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So really, it was them that, you know, put the little bug in my ear to kind of figure out what to do with that. So I did research value investing. And, you know, my parents were that old school about, you know, holding on and being able to live off the dividends. And anytime a stock split, that was a good thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but when I, when I looked at it for myself, you know, I, I really took it a step further. Not only did I want to supplement my income, I really wanted to retire from, you know, corporate life of working for somebody else. I wanted to be my own boss and set my own hours and live my own life. So I think that's why I decided to look into growth investing for options so that I could achieve that goal sooner rather than later. Yeah, and, and so uh, when did you get started in investing? When did you actually start trying to put some of your own money uh, to, to work and, and you know start that learning process? Well, that started in college. Uh, I started in college. I, I uh, opened up a brokerage account with oldie discount stockbrokers. Okay. <laughs> it was $50 a trade. Uh, there was a guy that said, oh, you should buy these stocks. So, you know, I bought these stocks. You know, it didn't work. And then I tried, you know, oh, this stock splits. This must be a good stock. That's what my parents said. But, you know, that didn't really work. And it wasn't until I came across a book uh, that profiled some of the top traders in, in the world. Uh, Benjamin Graham, who I think, you know, and yep. many of the listeners probably know, father of investing, Warren Buffett, of course, Philip Fisher and Bill O'Neill, although they were all profiled in this book and unfortunately in that order. And so that's the way that I researched them. Mm -hmm. So I started with Benjamin Graham's book, The Intelligent Investor, which was a very hard read. <laughs> but you you actually got through that, the whole book? I got through it. I probably didn't comprehend or retain probably half of it. Oh, sure. Yeah. 
And then I read uh, Philip Fisher's book, Uncommon Stocks uh, with Uncommon Profits. And I really did like that book. I thought it had a lot of great ideas um, that, you know, we still would use today in, in the CanSlim system. But it was more about, you know, actually talking to people in the company and trying to figure out what they were doing. But as a retail investor, you know, we don't, we don't have that type of access. Right. So it wasn't until I started a new job and moved to the Chicago area where I finally picked up Bill's book. And it immediately clicked with me with the charts, you know, with my math and science, the engineering background. Makes a that, lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. And then right away, you know, I went on the internet. I found out there were IBD meetups, joined a meetup right away, uh, signed up for daily graphs at the time, signed up nice. for EIB. I mean, I literally jumped all in um, like within a month. And, so that and that's a really interesting concept, Kathy, that, that you brought, because a lot of people in the beginning, uh, they're very hesitant uh, to taking those first steps or, you know, or even taking a step. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I think I start out, I start out with the paper or originally, and then very quickly afterwards did what you did, you know, uh, daily graphs online and started looking at the blue and green books when I had a chance and, and things like that. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of times it's that first step that exactly. really gets you to commit and you jumping, it seems like you jumping in, all in help with that commitment to kind of force yourself to say, I, I got to learn this. Exactly. You know, I really think it's the community, the community that Bill started with his meetups. And this is a community that IBD and Marcus Smith continue to foster today mm -hmm. um, is a big part of it. And so later that year, uh, Bill O'Neill came to the level three in Chicago it was in October of 2006. So even though I was a new investor, you know, everybody was going to the level three to see Bill. So I was like, well, I got to go too. So yeah, that's incredible. Just, yeah. So again, just diving right in, got to meet Bill. And then as luck would have it, uh, you know, Jonathan Howard was there and he was promoting level four. And he was like, okay, the prices are going to go up, but you can buy now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds we'll like Jonathan, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we'll sell you, you know, this year's prices for next year. Right. And this was this is when they did it in May and December. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you were one of the first to do that because I, I think I only started doing that a few years later. But now, now first, for those who are new to the podcast, Bill, that uh, Kathy is talking about is uh, Bill O'Neill, William J. O'Neill, who wrote the, the the classic book, the How to Make Money in Stocks book, founder of Investor Business Daily. But uh, it, 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 I mean, you, you were very smart, honestly, to to take advantage of that and and go and listen to him because, as you know, I mean, anyone who had 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 a chance to really hear him at a seminar, uh, it, it was life changing a lot of times because it really gave you an idea of the level you know he was at when analyzing a lot of these charts and stocks. Yeah, absolutely. And when I go back now and I listen to that level three recording, it's actually my favorite recording because what I realize now today is that he actually told me everything I needed to know <laughs> in that yeah, one yeah. level three seminar. But I just, you know, you couldn't absorb it all. There's just right. so many pieces. But I do have a favorite quote I wanted to share with everyone from that seminar. And it goes like this. And it's also related uh, to a post analysis that I'll be talking about later. But it was repeat, repeat, practice, practice, rehearse, rehearse, over and over until you know it backwards and forwards. And he said, that's how you get it down pat. And, you know, that's yeah. what it is. And, and that's my tie into post analysis because that's how you kind of have to like, you know, 
look at what you're doing, figure out if it's something you should repeat. <laughs> and yep. if it's not, change it, practice, and then move on again. And that actually also reminds me of Bill's certainty story. Because really, you know, that's how he came up with the rules. He had right. to, you know, he bought the stock, he knew he missed out, and why didn't I why didn't I miss out? So he studied, studied, and then realized, oh well, I need to have an eight-week hold rule. <laughs> right. Created the rule and then was able to have hold on to syntax later and you know created IBD. So I, I just think it's amazing. It's true. I, and uh, I, I remember I uh, the the first time I went to a seminar with Bill, uh, he it was in 2002 in New York and the the one thing I mean, it, it was not only just amazing just to see him analyze charts and things like that, but the just the way he encouraged, just like your, your quote right there, right? Just just the the way he he encouraged and and you know it was so positive and but also realistic. Hey, look, you have you have to learn from your mistakes. And and honestly, for me, that that was one of the I didn't hear that that often, right? Usually, when mistakes, you're taught that they're bad. <laughs> and, 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 you know, a year, it's like, that's the key. You know, you have to go back, look at these uh, previous trades that you made uh, mistakes on and learn from those mistakes. And then slowly over time, you will, you'll start correcting it. You know, a lot of people want it immediate, but uh, it, this, it, this really, and, and you're a testament to this too. It, it's the ones who really get this down and get better and better at this are the ones who just hang around long enough. Yes, definitely. Well, I, I have to say it's my number one key to success is doing post analysis and learning from my mistakes and, and practicing and getting better. And, and really, that also relates to my engineering background, because, you know, whenever there was an incident, you know, or an accident, whatever you want to call it, you know, we had to figure out what was the thing that caused the incident. Right. You know, and we called it root cause failure analysis. What was the root cause of that initial, you know, mistake? And, you know, even you can even tie that to Bill's buying right. You know, if you can buy right, you eliminate all the other problems. True. If you just fix that one thing, buying right and then whatever the, the next thing is. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, with the engineering background. I, I And I've seen this a lot. And, and I, I mean, I. Uh, I, I applaud you for graduating and being an engineer. I, I started out as an engineer in school and I lasted a semester. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was the first person to quit engineering school okay. and, and run back and run back to the, the liberal arts college at, at Tufts <laughs> University. But, uh, uh, yeah, but the, the one, I mean, I was a science major and those charts really resonated with me. And I think for a lot of investors, it doesn't make sense. It looks like tea leaves and things like that. But in, in many ways, the charts, they're telling a story and it, it just gives you a plan in place, right? And, and gives you a sense of the direction. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the, the, good and the best analogy, I mean, I guess I'll be talking about Bill the whole podcast. So it's a good thing you let everybody know who Bill is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the EKG, you know, for somebody's heart. And that's, that's what this, you know, if you can read that, you can figure out what's going on. It's perfect. So the market's in an uptrend, but we could be due for a pullback. I mean, this has been an amazing rally the last few months. So don't be shocked that we get a pullback uh, sometime soon. Of course, I've been saying that for the last couple of months too, but remain uh, disciplined. That's the key. Don't chase stocks because you don't want to get caught in the pullback and find out the hard way why we don't chase stocks. So let's take a quick break. But when we return, we are going to talk 
more about post-analysis, and then we will get into uh, the book that Kathy worked on and is one of the authors, The Life Cycle Trade. So stay tuned. I am here with Scott St. Clair. Scott's one of our senior product coaches at MarketSmith. Now, Scott, there are a ton of publicly traded stocks just on the U.S. I think it's over 5,000 stocks. Who has the time to go through all of these stocks and find the very best ones? Yeah, most people don't, right? So what you need is a tool like MarketSmith. We have decades of research on what makes a great winning stock. So we've done all the research for you. So we're going to try to highlight those specific stocks with those great data points. So if you're looking for that next great potential big winner, orange stock ideas button, you just click on it and you've got some of the main reports that we use, including the Growth 250. Yeah, and the Growth 250 is the first list that I go through on the weekends. Yeah, it's the most popular one, but there are others. There's the Breaking Out Today, Stocks Near a Pivot, and then the Blue Dot List, right, which is very popular. It's gonna show you the stocks with the best relative strength. So we've done a lot of the work for you. What you have to do is review these lists. You're going to come up with some of the best ideas in that current market environment. Perfect. Mark Smith saves you time and makes investment research that much easier. For more information, go to Investors.com slash podcast 2020. Kathy Donnelly is our guest on Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Kathy, let's get into post-analysis first, and then we can get into uh, your book, too, and, and go over some of the lessons there with a number of the IPOs. But let's first talk, I mean, and you've already started talking uh, about the post-analysis. Um, let, let's get in, into a little bit more and maybe how you benefited from uh, post-analysis here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. So... The post analysis I'm going to share is actually going to be from one of my first trades that I made in 2006. Intercontinental exchange, right? Yeah, intercontinental exchange. is the, okay. And that was the year I started trading. Uh, and I actually I shared this post analysis in 2010 uh, with my meetup members. So I started a meetup. Uh, in 2010. It's actually my 10 year anniversary. So, oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, I love my meetup members. They're great. So, hi, meetup yeah, members. Meet members. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, anyway, so I actually did this presentation. This is the same chart I used and to show them, uh, you know, how I, how I learned from this trade. And so, as luck would have it, it's our, or it's foreshadowing, it's also a recent IPO, which is what we did a lot of our research, uh, well, what we did our research on for the life cycle trade. Right. And like a lot of IPOs, it had a prior run up, and then it created a big uh, first stage base. And it looks like it was in conjunction with the market there. And I bought it right um, at, the, at the buy point from the cup with handle. But what I did wrong was I sold it like two, three days later on a shakeout below the 21 EMA. Okay. You know? Okay. You got shaken out there. Yeah, and, and, right there. And I think this is, you know, because this has happened to me tons of times. I, I, I feel like I've slowly gotten better at handling some of these things. Uh, but one of, the, one of the ways that helped me is, mm -hmm. is this time frame right here, right? Okay. The weekly charts where on, on a daily chart, when they're really selling off, they look really scary. But right. on a weekly chart, sometimes even on that sell-off, it, it puts a little bit more perspective because you see this monster run over here. You see a previous run up here. You know, maybe maybe it has a little bit more of a chance. Yeah, exactly. But I don't, I, I mean, the only thing I remember for sure is that I think I was just scared. 
<laughs> there is a lot of emotions. Yeah, sure. and I just sold it. You know, yeah, I really didn't yeah. have set rules yet. I was still just learning the system. And see, this was even, so yeah, this happened. This was, I guess, at the end of 2006. So I might have already or not even gone yet Bill's level three yet. Okay. Um, and yeah, I didn't know what I was doing. Clearly I was wrong. I saw it going up. And so then I just like bought it again on a gap up. And that actually, okay. that one wasn't too bad. It actually looks like I made a little bit yeah, of Yeah, you did pretty well there, yeah. But then I just sold it. And again, I think for no reason. And then, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, that's a pretty good profit you had there. That was pretty good, but then yeah. what? But what happened after that? Then I bought it and sold it, bought it and sold it, bought it and sold it like four or five more times. Yeah. When really, I should have just been holding it and then just selling it when it when it broke the the forty week. And so I I only made one point five percent, and I traded it like twenty times. And you know, I have all these trades here for those watching the video. I mean, how sad is that? <laughs> no, I, this is classic. You know, this is I, I've done this plenty of times, and I and and it still happens. But this is really just a, a classic because you feel like you have to do something all the time. You do right. Mm -hmm. So what I've learned from this is that well, if I had just bought it where I initially bought it and did not sell it until it broke the 40-week line, I would have had a 70% profit. Wow. And so so the 40-week line here is the black line on the chart. And this is a, a much more longer-term moving average. Usually, we're going to use the 10-week line uh, for most of you, if, uh, if for, with the system, the Cansom system, our growth investing system. But the 40-week line is the primary trend of any of these stocks. And and so that's the one that if, if any stock really, really breaks that, then it could be in, in real trouble. Yeah, when I what I might, you know, going to so many level fours over the year and so many seminars, you know, I would be sitting in the audience and you guys would be showing these monster TMLs, true market leaders, super yeah. growth stocks. And they, you know, you'd be like 500% gain, you know, 400% gain. Right. I'm like, well, how are they doing that? Yeah. And I kept looking at the top of the chart and it was, you always cut off the chart, usually when it was breaking the 40 week line. So that's actually literally how that's I came up with that. I mean, yeah, there's the 10 day, the 10 week and that's, that's legit. You know, um, yeah. most people don't want to take a draw now. Uh, but because I had this, uh, this goal of hundred percent or more 400 percent i was like okay i gotta go i gotta go longer i gotta go 40 week and you know once you have a 50 100 percent gain you know bill always said well you can treat it differently and yes. basically i treat it differently and that's how i treat it <laughs> that's excellent and and uh yeah i i agree i i, I think the, the 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 super critical line is that 40 line if you have uh, the ability to to withstand some pretty decent sized pullbacks. Uh, now, now the classic way that we've all learned was we, we ideally want to try to build uh, our positions into twenty percent positions. Have you did you have you adjusted that uh, when using the forty week line or using smaller positions to uh, help you handle those pullbacks a little bit better, or or how have you adjusted or have you adjusted? Yeah, well, basically the way I adjust is that if, and I'll use 50%, 40 to 50% is kind of like where I break it up. You know, if I am having trouble getting to 40, 
then yeah, I'm, I'm taking the 20, 30% because I just can't get any more out of it. Okay. But if I'm already have 50 to a hundred, then I'm just, I, I can treat it differently. And then I'm using that 40 week line. And one of the things I'll talk about a little bit more, but I'll just go ahead and get into it now is one of the things we talk about in the book is not only IPOs and, and how to kind of look at them, but also uh, a way to strategize your portfolio by creating a mental capital preservation stock. And the best way to explain that is basically just how much profit do you want to retain? You know, do you always want to retain 50% of your profit, 40, 60, you know, what's your level? And what I have found out for me is my level is 60%. So once I have that 50% gain or more in a stock, I want to retain 60% of my profits. And usually I can do that easily. And the 40 week line will usually come, uh, they trigger at the same time. So oh, wow. if I get a, yeah. So if I get a 40 week break, it's usually right where my 60% is. And that's just where I cut it. And that's okay. like my long-term sell rule. If I can get to that point, I have a stock that's, you know, hundred percent or more. That, that, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it's, it, I mean, at least for me, a lot of times I'll, I'll go through that kind of exercise, but then once it starts coming in, I'm just like, forget it, <laughs> forget it. I'll take my profits now. So, so that's, I mean, that's good that you're very, very disciplined like that. I, and in the end, that's the way to do it. You want to do all this thinking ahead of time. And right. then stick to those rules, right? Because a lot of times I'm sure you, you, you found out that, hey, it didn't even get down there. It found <laughs> supporting and then gets went up uh, even much more, right? Right. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, we talk about the first touch of the 10 week, usually guaranteed. I mean, we don't want to say anything's guaranteed, but, you know, usually odds are in your favor. And then after the other touches is when it starts to get more risky. And again, since I've studied these long-term charts for so long, I've also noticed on the really big leaders, they'll touch the 40 week like one time before right, they're absolutely. like really done. Yeah. And yeah. then the second time is usually, okay, it really is done. So it's, it's really interesting. And okay, so, so we, we've seen kind of the, the, classic, uh, the classic thing that, you, you, that everyone goes through, I think. You, you, you have this, uh, you have this ten. Once you learn how to read charts, or once you really start focusing on charts, and you watch stocks too closely, you you you're just tempted to do something. So so what what you showed us there is is absolutely classic. Now now do you should we transition to the to the uh, the IPO the books? Do you want to do that, or do you want to go over the, the Twilio example first? Well, we can really do this. We can do it with, with either way because actually okay. um, with with ICE that we just looked at. Um, you know, it was a recent IPO and it had that initial advance like most IPOs have. And what we found in the book is that's just, we just call that the advanced phase. And most IPOs do go through that. And then it even had just that short, uh, big base, uh, which was a short, but a due diligence phase. Most stocks will go IPOs, recent IPOs will go through an institutional due diligence phase. And you'll see, I've just if you're watching the video, I've got it abbreviated here, IDDP, just because I was running out of room because it wasn't that long. <laughs> so, so yeah, this is your, yeah, the DDP, the due diligence phase. Yeah. So you have, you have your strong run up initially. Yeah. Now, now, now takes, takes time off. So that's the due diligence phase talking from the perspective of the institution, right? They're doing their due diligence 
on, on some of these companies, right? And, and a right. lot of times they will, they'll form those kind of larger bases, the first day. And in, and in some cases they might be waiting to see, you know, when they're actually going to have earnings. You know, a lot of IPOs, as you know, we have good revenue, but we don't have earnings yet. And it might be that earnings that actually is what catapults it and then starts the institutional advance phase. Right, and, right. You know, if, and yeah, and if I had known that back then, then I truly would have known to just buy and hold. And then it was done here, you know, soon after, like we already talked about. Right. So in the book, we talk about these different phases. And when we look at the next stock, um, I'll show the same thing. But it's definitely something that I focus on uh, because to me, that institutional advance phase is the most rewarding phase of the stock. Mm -hmm. And, it, you know, it's and it, I think it matches up with the CanSum system because the CanSum system also wants you to go get that first stage base. And we're just saying, yeah, and really focus on those first stage bases after that due diligence phase. Yeah, and it also matches with the CanSum system in that a lot of the very best stocks using the system are newer companies. Absolutely. Right? And a lot of times companies that you don't even recognize the name of. Yes, exactly. The newer companies. So yeah, so it's, it's perfectly in line. So no surprise since we're, we're all CanSum devotees that uh, it makes sense to us. Right. So do you, you want to go over Twilio now? Let's, yeah, let's talk okay, about so Twilio. So I just switched over to the Twilio chart right here. Uh, and Twil yeah, and, and Tw Twilio is a, a stock that, uh, it once again, is, is doing really well. But this is back in uh, the end date here is uh, September 16th, 2019. What Walk us through this. So this, you know, this wasn't that long ago, right? And yeah, we're right. going to talk about Twilio later. It could be coming back. But, uh, you know, this is a perfect example that I want to share with the viewers is that this had an IPO advance phase like ICE did, but this one was over 100% or more in 90 yeah, days. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. And I did not trade that at all, unfortunately. Uh, that's one thing I'm not as good at is the faster trades because, again, I like those longer uh, like the institutional advance phase where I don't have to, you know, be watching it so closely, not as much volatility. Mm -hmm. but this one, what we found in our research in the life cycle trade is that stocks, IPOs that make 100% within 90 days are twice as likely to go up 500% or more. Wow. Yeah. So even though I missed that 100% run, this was on my special watch list to say, okay, well, if this comes back, this has got some real potential. Yeah. So you'll see here, it's due diligence phase, which is much longer than ICE's about gosh, over a year or so. Yeah, yeah. And, which, which it, I mean, that's normal though, right? For a number normal. of these stocks, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it created a bottoming base. And I actually tried it when it first got back above the 40 week, but it, it wasn't over ready. Here. Yeah, well, a little okay. bit more to the left there when it first- Oh, went. over here. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. I was kind of playing with it there and it, you know, it didn't work. I was just trying to get in early. Which is fine, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, we, don't we tell Bill. Know not every trade is going to work. <laughs> That's true. In the end, as long as you manage your risk, and if you've uh, proven to yourself that you you can manage risk, in my opinion, that enables you to take more. You know, kind of stretch it a little bit. You know, because right. you're not going to. Usually, you're not going to put yourself in a, a position where you're, you can get yourself hurt. Right, and that's why you know we have the eight percent hold rule, uh, sell rule. So. Exactly. Yeah. So then. Uh, you know, fast forward, it came back above the 40 week line, had a great uh, earnings announcement. And that's what created that big blue bar. Yep. And that's where I was buying it. And I was buying it all around there. And when it actually yeah. hit the real uh, buy point, 
And then essentially I held on to it from there. And you'll see in this case, wow. you know, it did break the 10 week. It, it never touched the 40 week until the very uh, top there. Yeah. And that with my learning, right, from ICE and my style and I just, I was fine with that volatility because my already had such good gains that I was okay with that. I knew that a true market leader could respond in this way. And at that point, I was just waiting for a 40 week break and then also making sure to retain 60% of my profits. That, so yeah, I mean, this, yeah, th yeah sorry, that's yeah. a great, yeah, that's a, that's a great trade. I mean, yeah, and I just switched it to the, the next slide here. So 250% profit, right? Yeah, and that and that's really from the initial buy point, and then of course, like I said, that I, I added some. So this this definitely goes into one of my top trades of well, I don't know if, of all time. I guess of all time. Why not of all time? <laughs> <laughs> since since we did the research on the book, um, you know, this is definitely one of the my best examples of what I learned doing the research and how I was able to apply it, and of course, keeping up with my post analysis to, to learn continue to learn no and, and that that's excellent so when uh, when we uh, and actually you know what let, let me just show this last slide here because you, you have this nicely marked up too uh, so so ne ne next time we do a presentation and I, I show I show uh, so there's your buy point and, and that's where your sell point is uh, so so next time when when we do a presentation whenever we, we start going back out, um, out out around the country, and I show Twilio and I show a 250% move, uh, I can say, well, Kathy did it. You know, yeah. it's, because uh, it's, uh, a lot of times, you know, and, and for, for me, I was in this, uh, I was in this move a number of times. Uh, and, and that comes down to uh, your personality. And, and that was something that you said initially too, that's very important, I think, for listeners to get is that initial move, uh, the first 90 days was, was really fast moving and Kathy, you knew that you just don't handle that volatility as well. So you didn't play as, as much in that one. Exactly. And you really waited for your sweet spot. Exactly. What I also want to share with everyone is that I did sell it. I followed my rules, but it was hard to sell. <laughs> I, I didn't want to sell it. You know, it was, it was a good stock to me, obviously. And, I, you know, in the back of my mind, you know, like, oh, but what if it keeps going? What if it just jumps back up? And I didn't want to sell it. I mean, selling, you know, even doing this for as long as I have and you have, I mean, it's still hard. Very hard. Yeah. <laughs> you got to have your rules. Yeah. It, that I have, I completely agree with you there. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it is something that I still continue to find very, very difficult. Um, especially selling into strength, but yeah, when you have a huge winner like that, it's always yeah, it's always tough because it's still in the back of your mind. What if what if you know you you, you made two hundred fifty plus percent in it? What if it went to five hundred percent? What about a thousand percent? Right. So you know those kind of things just go through your head. But um, yeah, I mean, there's a point. You you I, I think the the biggest thing is that you made some rules, you had a plan, and you actually followed your plan, and and, that, and that's. If if any you know everyone out there listening, if, if if you do that, you are you will see more and more success. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, it's it's the number one key to my success. Um, and I understand selling is hard, but you know, we've got to have the sound rules. And the more you can figure out what the first thing you did wrong is, that'll help, I think, in the long run. Because you don't want to fix something that's not really a problem, you know. Right. Figure out what that 
that first thing. It's like what Scott O'Neill always says, you know, know thyself. <laughs> know yourself that's true so yeah so that you're you know trading for within your personality and then i would just say you know keep your eye out for those first stage bases right after that due diligence phase or after that ipo disease or whatever you want to call it um because likely that'll be a really great run perfect so pulse analysis is critical to becoming a better trader and understanding where a stock is in its life cycle too is a huge step that you want to get down. So coming up next, Kathy and I are gonna discuss a few stock ideas, stay tuned. MarketSmith will give you a huge edge in the stock market. Better stocks, bigger profits. MarketSmith is the top research platform for IBD. It's just the best tool for individual stock selection. Everything within MarketSmith is designed to bring those best stocks to the surface. It does a lot of the work for you of filtering down to the potential leaders. It's when you take the training wheels off and you're ready to invest on a more professional level. MarketSmith will help you take control of your investment life. If you want to get serious about investing, start your membership today. We are back with Kathy Donnelly on Investing with IBD, sponsored by MarketSmith. Okay, Kathy, let's get into a few ideas. And the first stock that we're going to get into is Spotify. And the ticker symbol is SPOT. And so if you're listening to the podcast, or if you're, when, if you're listening to the podcast, when you go back home, uh, definitely go to investors.com slash podcast. And you can see the video version of this and where we're pulling up some of these charts and also uh, Kathy's slides on uh, some of her trades, uh, which have the markups too. So here I pulled up Spotify on a daily chart. And Kathy, what do you like about this? Yeah, this is great. Can you put the weekly on? I like that. Yeah, I see, like everyone always starts weekly. on the daily. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you have learned very well, Kathy. Yeah. Uh, um... <laughs> I'm much better with daily charts these days, but I, I really try to do my best to be like Bill and always start with the, the weekly. <laughs> That's excellent. So yeah, so here's Spotify. Now, if this was a stock that I purchased, which actually it is a stock that I have purchased, um, if too. I were doing my post analysis, I would screenshot this weekly chart and then I would screenshot the daily chart and I would actually open the window for the alerts. So I would get my alerts of where I bought it and other things that I'm watching. And I oh, would cool. screenshot the daily. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. really nice. So, so, so you, you actually take, so you actually, so you'll, you'll set the alerts and then what do you write a note in it too? And, yes, and then you just, absolutely. and then you open up like the alerts, the alerts panel here. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow, look at that. Look, you got some alerts. <laughs> I know, I know. I, have, I, I do have a position in Spotify and I've been watching it uh, for a while too. And uh, yeah, so here are some of my alerts that I haven't deleted yet. But um, So see, I would take a screenshot of that, but on uh -huh. the daily, the okay. weekly and the daily with the alerts. And then I would also screenshot the monthly. And with the monthly, I would I'll show the other pane with the institutional ownership. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah, so that way I really have a picture of what it looked yeah. like when I bought it. Yeah, exactly. So then I know what O'Neill funds are in it and yep. the uh, fund sponsorship over the last eight quarters. That's excellent. Wow. That's, yeah, and uh, I would put that in a PowerPoint. And I have a PowerPoint for every year. And then every time I buy or sell, I would take those same three screenshots. So that way I can easily take notes at the bottom and, uh, you know, see what I did wrong or what I need to change or whatever. That's so perfect. Anyway, and and I think I think I might have seen in an email. I I don't know where I maybe it was an email. Maybe you sent a while back or something like that. But you like putting the notes in PowerPoint 
yeah. after putting the screenshots because it enables you to search through those files a lot better, right? Yes, exactly. I put the name of the stock so I can search on that stock symbol and make all the notes. And then, yeah, and then I always have it. Uh, you know, the yeah. only I do make use the note feature in MarketSmith too uh, for certain things. If for stocks that actually I don't own that I just want to keep notes on. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, like you know, especially fund sponsorship mainly. I like to keep track of of changes in fund sponsorship, so okay. I use okay. that feature. Oh, very uh, cool. Yeah, so that's how I would I would do it if I were doing a post analysis or or just keeping track so I could do the post analysis when the trade was complete. But from a life cycle trade perspective, you know, Spotify had a nice little first stage IPO base there and a little bit of a nothing too dramatic. We didn't have that 100% run like we saw in Twilio. Right, right. And then like most IPOs, it undercut its uh, day one low and its uh, first base. And most 90, over 90% of the IPOs will do that. So that was really expected, um, okay. not surprising at all. And I think, you know, everyone knows that. And then it created this nice, crazy double bottom. I mean, I haven't seen a double bottom like that. <laughs> it was a crazy double bottom for sure. Yeah, you don't see them that long usually, uh, yeah. very often. Um, and so I had traded it uh, similar to when I was talking about Twilio, when it first kind of came back above the 40 week, I was kind of playing with it and it clearly didn't work and created that first drop, uh, that first part of the W. Okay. And yeah, and then I tried it again, and then it, you know, made the second part of the W. Yep. And then it broke out uh, again on earnings, uh, yep. just barely, right, and reversed, yep. and um, I got shaken out of that. <laughs> and then when it really went, I didn't buy it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that Which happened. Which is, I mean, right? and this is beautiful because you, you are, you're willing to to share this, but this is what everyone goes through, right? You you just don't you don't do these things perfectly but you're you're you have to learn to acknowledge and accept that you're going to mess up over and over again and the the most important thing is if it does something differently if it starts going up again then, then you have to find a way to get back in it when, when it gives you a chance yeah absolutely so you know so it created a really nice institutional due diligence phase like a year and a half that's okay. that's really good and again that's what we call that and it's past what we call the turbulence zone so that prior high from that initial run-up from its ipo base okay and so yeah. it's powered through so clearly it was having trouble getting past that new high and yeah. and so you know if that was expected and you know it still doesn't have a good earnings yet unfortunately but it's got yeah. great sales you know it's got that great news that now it's going to have the joe rogan experience and now they're going to have kim kardashian so you know everything's right. on their side right now right. it's definitely on my watch list uh if and when i need to weed and feed or look for some new stocks you know but luckily knock on wood i think i'm in some of the leaders so you know i, I can't get them all so yeah. but it's on my watch list it'll be something you know that uh you know because it looks great i mean it's clearly if you already have it, it's a hold. Um, if you want to get into it, we're going to have to wait for another base, but it looks really good right now. Yeah, I, I have some shares of it. And I, like you, Kathy, I, I had it, I tried it a few times too. <laughs> and, and then I did get, I just got unnecessarily shaken out of it when it came back in because uh, I'll switch to the, the daily well, chart. If you oh, think oh, about it, I mean, that was when we started having volatility. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the market, and then you know, we didn't know if the follow-through day was going to work, right? I mean, right. we'd have to look at the exact dates, but 
you know, I was casting a wide net. I mean, I'm sure you were too. And yeah. you, you can't hold on to all of them. Yeah, and that, that's true. You're, you're absolutely right. You're not, you're not going to get everything. But uh, I think I, I, I got shaken out, kind of like where you were here, yeah. just, just, just being careful. Yeah. And, but then when it went again, you know, that, that, that's when I, I started going, uh, starting getting some of it. I didn't get a great position. And then I just added a little bit on here. But I don't have a great position in it right now. But th these are, and, and I'm sure you're thinking the same thing, you know, th these are one of those stocks that it was out for a year plus. And it also just had this interesting story. It's like, wait, you know, a lot of people are using Spotify. Uh, it, you know, maybe they haven't necessarily proven that they can make money yet, but it just seemed like they were starting to capture more of that podcast market. And that podcast trend is is just going through the roof right now. So, Especially so now. Yeah, exactly. And and it, it almost, and I, I'm not saying it's anywhere near the company that Apple was, but remember when Apple, they, you know, it was, remember, remember when it was like Napster and all the free yes. kind of music <laughs> sharing and stuff like that. And, and even knew then everyone knew that it was like, okay, whoever can figure out how to capture this market and, and monetize it, uh, they're going to make a killing on it. And, and it was Apple, right? And uh, and then I don't know if anyone really truly realized that Apple can capture the whole market. You thought there might be a few players, but Spotify's kind of going for that in this market. It's uh, just seems like everyone's listening on podcasts these days, and uh, they're they're going they're going for it and trying to get some exclusives and things like that. And and the biggest thing is Wall Street is getting more excited about it too, and you can just see that by the buying in the stock. Yeah, I mean that volume looks great. Those those price bars look yeah. great. I mean, for me, you know, Spotify is a great uh, tool for me because uh, you know I'm not Mike Webster. You know, I don't know who sang what song and or who, you know, what band. I, I don't. Right. I know the song, but don't tell. Don't ask me what the name of it is or who sang it. So I need Spotify, <laughs> and I need them to help me build my playlist. You know, I go to some oh, fitness places. Yeah, I go to this one fitness place. And they do all their playlists on Spotify. So if you went to a class and you like their playlist, you can follow it. And now it's your playlist. No so way. it's wow. perfect because I can't create my own playlist. So I just have people share. I share follow theirs or I have people send me theirs. <laughs> that's really interesting. See, yeah. I, I had no idea. But that's so, yeah. So they do have that really big social aspect yes. um, in it. And, and that's, that's really cool, cool, cool to know. And, and, and this is, you know, they've been doing that so, the social kind, and they're one of the first ones, I think, in, in the music kind of space to do that. But, and they, they've been doing this for, what, seven, eight years now since they really came out. Uh, and, and obviously, you're just seeing the, the results of the, that kind of inch by inch slowly getting everyone into their ecosystem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so let's go to the next stock. And... This is uh, Ping, uh, ticker symbol P-I-N-G, and uh, Ping Identity Holding. And they are a yet another security stock that's doing well in this market. And Kathy, I'm going to go to the weekly chart first, so you don't have to tell me to go. Great. Thank you. You're <laughs> reading my mind. <laughs> so yeah, this is another one I've been watching, especially since it's a recent IPO. And this one, unlike some of the other ones we've seen, actually does have earnings. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this one was definitely attractive to me from that standpoint. But uh, one thing I want to highlight, and I'm sure you know this, is it, now it's a $20 million 
Now it has $20 million liquidity, so price times daily average volume. Right. But really, when it first came out, and even, I mean, it only just recently, maybe a month or so, did it actually pass that $20 million liquidity level. And so, you know, this and is go, kind And of, go over the importance of that. The, the yeah, I, absolutely. Thanks. So, yeah, what we found in our research um, is that institutions... The, the stocks that were really the big winners were at that $20 million mark. I mean, that's the level that institutions like a minimum would really want to have. And so mm -hmm. that's the level we created when we were trying to figure out what level to go down to, to research all the IPOs to see how they performed. And so that's really how we came up to it. And it's just so that we know that we're buying stocks that the big institutions will buy as well. Perfect. And okay. So, so now, with this one, you, you, so yeah, walk us through just using the, the the life cycle trade lens on this. Walk us through the the different phases uh, that you see in, in this stock and where where it is now. Yes. Okay. So you had your first stage base IPO base. I don't know if Mark is that Mark calling that a first stage base. Yeah. Yeah, so it's calling case, it a cup. Yeah, it is a first stage base, but it, yeah, it's calling it a cup instead of an IPO base here. So officially, it didn't have an IPO base, but it had a first base there pretty much immediately. Um, you know, within yeah. four weeks, seven weeks, something like that. Uh, eight weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks. So perfect. So normally, you know, that would be something viable. Can Slim System, our system, you know the tweaking of the life cycle trade, you'd want to purchase that. But because okay. of the $20 million liquidity level, um, I would be hesitant to purchase that. Okay. But it had a nice initial advance. We call that the IPO advance phase. And then it undercut. And it looks like um, it undercut the base low. Did it, did it undercut there? It did. Oh, yeah. It did, yeah. So, it had a nice reversal. On, once yeah. it, undercut on that. <laughs> it had a nice reversal. But <laughs> right. it did undercut. And as I said before, 90% or more of the IPOs are going to undercut. So again, that was um, expected. And not very long. So this actually is what starts the institutional due diligence phase I was talking about. But in this case, it's very short. I mean, it, we, yeah. we didn't even have 40 weeks. And that's, that's kind of rare. And maybe that's a function of the market. Um, and because it was less than 20 million, I will say it was more than 10. And I actually do screen IPOs between 10 and 20 okay. because sometimes when they actually do like have their breakout on like really big volume, it like officially converts over to the 20 million. And then if you're not like there, then like you miss it. Yeah. Um, so I was like watching it because like sometimes I'll be like this really great stock and it's liquid. I'm like, well, why did I miss this? And it was because it was so illiquid at the beginning. That's interesting. Yeah. So I was definitely keeping my eye on this. And I actually bought it right as it went above the 10 week line there. Oh, okay. Um, we're here. After that big drop. But the volatility was just too much. And I looked at the calendar when I bought it. It was the second. We were barely two weeks in to the fall. Okay. And the new yeah, wrap. Yeah, makes sense. And if I was, you know, speaking of that wide net and it was just one I couldn't hold on to. Uh, and so I let it go. But now it, yeah. it's over 20 million and, you know, security. Yeah, I think computer software security is going to be in vogue for like ever. For right, exactly. <laughs> since since I mean, it seems like. it feels like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it seems know? like anyone who's working from home now, they're never going to go back 
go back ever to, to work. So we're going to need more security. Um, exactly. <laughs> so it did go past its previous high that it had from that initial IPO advance phase. So it's yeah. it's kind of past that turbulence zone. It looks like it's still going to have a hard time. And that could be because it's still, you know, I mean, it is over 20 million, but there's, you know, still seems to be a more volatile stock. I would say it's it's extended right now. We'd have to wait for another base before we'd want to get into it if if we weren't already in it. But you know, the RS line's at a new high yep. and, and it looks like we've got good fundamentals. So Yeah, and I'll I'll just quickly switch over to the daily chart. And yeah. yeah, I mean for me personally, when I just look at this chart, I already know that I'm not I'm not at this point I'm just not gonna do very well at it. Yeah, I can't same here. I can't handle that volatility, you know. Yeah, but, um, same here. So I so, so for this is this is a company where I would personally let it settle down a little bit. Uh, maybe trade a little bit more or come up with a little bit more traditional base um, or, or, you know, find some other security stock that, that fits your style or something. But I, I mean, I have a few already in, in, in this category because it's right at the top of the list. So if you're really following the system and uh, paying attention to some of these, uh, what's coming up on the screens and what stocks have broken out, you're probably finding yourself at least uh, having a chance to get into some of these. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so let's go into the third stock, and that is Twilio, which we spoke about in 2019, and and you had your 250% plus run at that point, and it was hard for you to let go of it, uh, but it's back. Well, look and, at all those and, alerts you have. <laughs> oh, I know, because this I do own this. I do own this, and I, I outed you. <laughs> you have outed me. <laughs> I, I Twilio is is a stock, and I've spoken about it a bunch, at least on IBD Live. But uh, this is a stock that I've I owned back in that initial IPO uh, stage, uh, and I just like the story of of it. Oh, you've uh, had I, it all the way from the IPO base? No, 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 dear God. Oh, sorry. I, I'm not like you, Kathy. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> I don't have the patience of of you. No, no, no. Like in the that first initial run, it, it was up. Yeah, I, I, I think I was only in it for a few weeks because it ran up so much. And it was like, this is just ridiculous. Uh, so I, so I, I took the gains and ran at that point. And then I, I did not, I mean, I was in it during when you, when you did really well in that, but I was, I didn't, I didn't do great in it because uh, I just, it got w way too choppy for me, but I, I'm in it now and I'm in, I've been in it since the, the earnings gap here. Uh, and so far, so good. High five. But, yeah, exactly. I five. I have it but too. It I, I have it too. Okay, good, good, good. Yep. And 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 and, and so where, yeah, walk us through where you got back into it and uh, what you like about it. And yeah, you know what? well, let's let's Let go me. to the weekly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. So this is this is so great. So this is why I wanted to talk about it because I traded it before, and then as you know. I mentioned earlier, I pretty much sold it at that first break of the 40 right, week. And right. clearly it was a good move because it yep. stayed below for a long time. And then it even went lower during yep. the coronavirus bear market. And so it, it was a good play. Um, it still has great fund IBD uh, mutual fund ownership. So we like that. And really there's no mistaking that gap up bar and that volume, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like a core, uh, sprock spoke clear spoke i don't know what the i'm trying to use a cool analogy and <laughs> <laughs> but i mean uh, it's a skyscraper you know, right a skyscraper it, it, i mean big volume big price gain yep. and 
earnings, you know, buyable gap up, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And it has the news behind it about the coronavirus. Now, granted, it doesn't have the earnings it did, but I mean, that's part of the comeback that it's creating. And so like you, I don't think I actually bought it on the gap up day, uh, but I bought it the next day. And I basically kind of tried to look at some levels from some intraday charts and kind of tried to figure out a range in there. And basically that's how I bought it the following day. Oh, perfect. Okay. So yeah, so I have about a 20, 30% gain, I think. And, you know, it looks like it created a nice little flag right there. Right. And so slightly extended now. We'll see if it's going to pull back and maybe create more of a base. Uh, Hard to say, but right now, you know, it's below that 40% that I told you about. Like, I don't have a 40 or 50% gain yet. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this one's going to have a little bit tighter rain. You know, hopefully we see some nice action around the 10 week line. Maybe the 10 week line ignites it, you know, gets yeah. it up some more. But clearly, this the story is behind it. And, you know, I think it, it looks really good. Yeah, it, it, it's, uh, I think. And, and uh, when Jim Ropel was on a, a few weeks ago, this was one of the stocks that yeah. he spoke about too. And it was just that monster, pay attention to that monster volume, which, yeah, and that's, that's from Bill right there, you know, right. That, that's he, he was always highlighting. Uh, things like that in the seminars and and just that that big skyscraper then you have to pay real close attention to it because there are a lot of funds at that point that are trying to accumulate more of a position absolutely and i think if we look at there we've got it up there the fund ownership over the last mm-hmm. quarters i oh. mean it looks like every quarter you've got acceleration so that's true yeah 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 so so twilio is one to to keep on the radar uh, in, in the end, right now, it is kind of gone, so let it set up again. Uh, and I, you know, I've been saying this forever, but one of these days, the market is going to pull back, and it'll pull back for a couple of weeks or so, or maybe even longer, and, and give us a chance to uh, build more for stocks to build bases and, and give us a chance to get into some of these ones that we uh, might have missed, too. Um, so there are a few ideas that are worth adding to your watch list, and so definitely consider them uh, and, and keep an eye on them over the next few months. They're, they'll probably give you a chance to get into them. So thanks, Kathy, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Rusha. I really appreciate it. And I also just want to you know, say thank you to Bill, Scott O'Neill, and of course, all of the Investors Business Daily and Margaret Smith team. You know, your dedication to helping others is, is really amazing. And um, you know, that's why I'm still a meetup leader, because I want to help others. So keep up the good work. Thank you. And then thanks for being a meetup leader. I mean, that, that we've definitely seen uh, people uh, and I, uh, we've seen people really improve by sticking with the meetups and I, and Amy, I worked with Amy Smith and a number of others uh, in the Santa Monica meetup for years. And, and so I, I have a taste of how much work it takes <laughs> to keep those going. So of 10 years, that that's, that that's quite an accomplishment there. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I've got great members. So. <laughs> <laughs> And next week, we will have Lisa Chai of RoboGlobal joining the show. Lisa is a senior research analyst at RoboGlobal and is an expert at identifying disruptive technologies. So that's it for this week on Investing with IBD. I'm Arusha Pierce, and thanks for listening. And for this week's notes and charts, make sure to go to investors.com slash podcast where you'll find details for each episode in the podcast episode section. And make sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast if you haven't already. We'd really appreciate it. You can also send us your questions and comments to investingpodcast at investors.com. 
We would love to hear from you and may use your comments on an upcoming episode. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, and nothing should be construed as a recommendation to buy, hold, or sell any securities. Make sure to consider consulting with your financial advisor before making any investment decisions.